but I thank you again for always letting us yeah. in the space. No, yeah, that was, yeah. that was your blessing. And, and this show would not be where it is without the opportunity. Game. No so bullshit. Thank you, appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. So what I saw you guys did awesome, and you know that's why we're still talking. So we're good guys. Because we're gonna cut it. So okay. put the this yeah. is at the beginning as well. So the whenever you're ready, put your sauce on. That's how everyone's gonna remember you. Camera I can't tell you, man. Whatever you want to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, my name is Casey. I'm the co-founder of Encore Apparel. This is my golden hour. You're a good guy. You're a good guy. What should it be at 45 or 90? <laughs> uh, it just should be a little I think straighter. 45. A little straighter. No, 45 you, is like this, right? You can no, definitely well, see I, a I, bit I, of a. There is a 100% angle. A tilt. It should be at angle. zero degrees. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm thinking. You know, it's going Whatever, a little bit. You th- it looks good. Fuck it. Well, I, mean, you can I can also do it in post. Flip it on post I'll always yeah. do it. Um, so we're actually live, which is crazy. Uh, okay. Look at that. Um, before we start, this is interesting because Hector and I haven't run a show together in like. A month. This has been a while. Heck, yeah. it's, it feels it feels right, bro. It Get feels it feels very pure. Again. It feels very pure, you know. And so this is the first show of 2019. No, oh, no, no he's I, been I, running. I've run a bunch. <laughs> he's probably on like his fifth now, huh? Yeah, we dropped a lot. I'm I'm doing like three a week. Okay, coming up. Look at that marketing Man. branding. <laughs> All that good stuff. Uh, um, but listen, before I introduce you, what I want to get out most of in this is that. X over here, don't want to list his name, is a white boy hustler like myself. That's my guy. That's my guy. An old white boy hustler. White boy hustle. White boy hustle. White big time. (laughs) White boy hustle. White boy hustle. You got to respect it when you see it. Especially. So listen, before we move to Phoenix down. I'm not that much older than you, am I? I'm 27. Oh, oh, you're 27, right? Yeah. Yeah. Look at that. I'm actually 16. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So before we got to Phoenix down, and actually there was a... A venue in between we recorded a few episodes at encore on newberry street encore apparel baby how i met casey probably thought i was a psycho is i met him what is it called the greenway the greenway in the yeah. tent Do, are they still running that in the winter no and only that runs from end of april into end of october so obviously very seasonal okay word yeah so i showed up because i knew uh, one of casey's employees and um I was just like, yeah, man, like I, we started this podcast. Like I really need a space. I'll just keep people coming in, blah, blah, blah. And he was like, all right, man, sounds good. Like, yeah, let's just try it. <laughs> sure. Fuck and it. so we ran a couple episodes over there. Actually, after we had stopped running episodes over there, me and Hector ran one in a barber shop up the street. That will Terrible never experience. air. <laughs> Holy Terrible. shit. People get there. It was, it was on fa. Like oh okay yeah. yeah dude terrible he was like he was, he's those really, blow dryers being fucking he's like I won't talk he's like yo come in during business hours he's actually a really nice dude greatest dude of all time but yeah he was having full blown conversations with like <laughs> he was, he was, he's he's like, cutting I, I was like I was like yo turn like we we're recording he he like put the blow dryer on low and said it was on high I was like come on bro <laughs> <laughs> it was ridiculous um but listen next to me I have Casey Patton I said it right right yep. big Casey and Casey runs Encore Apparel on Newberry Street which I think is like one of the cleanest dopest stores in Newberry man and like yeah that's not even just saying that because we used to you know run episodes over there it's like legit fucking clean guys this check dude, it out when you get it this dude has a cold brew machine in the store come on get you some coffee while he gets you a nice t shirt is, is it functioning. It is still functioning, yes. Nice. So if you want to come in and grab there a cold go, brew, yeah. the doors are open, 303 Newberry Street. But, uh, but yeah, I think you guys' setup was really um, kind of a springboard for us to do music events. You guys uh, knew how to allocate the space, set it up. Um, your podcast basically ran at night, um, windows overlooking Newberry Street. So it's a really cool view. People can kind of see what's going on in there. Uh, if you can get people on the street in Newberry Street past 7 p.m. Oh, yeah. But, um, uh, but yeah, no, it was uh, great to have you guys in there. And, um, you know, it was really, like I said, a launch point for us to just start doing events in the space. Do you, do you still position it 
You don't position it with the glare off the window, right? You position against the back wall. Yes. So uh, if you want. It's a nice aesthetic. It's a nice aesthetic. It's a good feel. It kind of fits with the space. The layout um, yeah. kind of works. Um, it's, so, like yeah. sta- it's like a stage almost. Yeah. Like I mean, we so we do all our performances underneath our kind of iconic uh, American flag on the wall on the far end of the store. Uh, I think we've had about 10 music events in there. We have another 18 coming up on the nice. calendar. Nice. Um, and that really goes across all genres. There you go. You know? yeah. Uh, so, yeah, explain that to the people that don't know, like, a little bit more about Well, let me talk hours. about the brand first. So, mm-hmm. um, so Actually, my no, name is... Start day one. Yeah, day one. All right. My name's Casey. Um, you know, I was a banker <laughs> for... 12 years. Yeah, I worked in corporate finance in Boston, New York City. Where? I worked for State Street Global Advisors in Boston and then Credit Suisse uh, in New York City. So, friends, he was like real corporate. He was deep in the shit. He was in the shit. Right. But, like, I didn't come from a corporate background. My mom's an elementary school teacher. My dad's a civil engineer. White boy hustler, baby. I grew up up literally in a a four room schoolhouse in, in Maine. Uh, went to Villanova, went to BC grad school. Um, Boom. Yeah. Let him speak, heck. Let him speak. I'm, I want you to tell your whole story. We used to kick the shit out of Providence. Uh, oh, all, here all we go. Time, so. uh, um, but, um, but yeah, no, I um, I just had a drive to do something more creative. Um, I wanted to build a brand using the backdrop of music, which was always really a big inspiration for me um, and everything I did in my life, um, and really make a brand for creative people. Um, and that's it. We sell to musicians, you know, artists, teachers, you know, technology people, chefs, okay. marketing people. So that was too quick. I, I want you to start like, <laughs> so so you are working corporate, correct? I was, yes. And are you like, fuck, I hate this. Pretty much, yeah. And, and so... <laughs> I'd like the paycheck. I didn't like the life. I'm sure. So you're in Boston at the time or New York? I was in New York. Okay. And you're like, wow, this is like definitely not what I should be doing. Yeah. I mean, there was definitely kind of waves to it, you know, um, but I knew eventually I wanted to not be living in New York City. I'm a New England kid. Um, too, too claustrophobic. A little bit, yeah. But I mean, I feel like if you have a chance to live in New York City... At some point in your life, you should do it because it's totally different than anywhere else in the country. And um, but yeah, I just I got to a point where it was like I had to make a decision. Um, I had my son in New York City, um, mm. and I decided you know if I'm going to put roots down with family, like I want to do it in Boston. And that's there you, you know, when I came back, 2013. Word. And so then you come back to Boston. Corporate's done, right? Done. And you go to Bunker Hill, right? I started Encore. So basically, oh, I started okay. Encore. Um, really just kind of did a few designs, started getting them out in front of people. Um, everything was... But elaborate. You're hustling, right? Your shirt's yeah, on the back of your car. Everything's being sold on the streets of Boston. Let's go. There you go. Like, that was our distribution channel. I mean, we had a website, but, you know, if you don't have, you know... That face-to-face. Yeah, but if you don't have budget or marketing oh, or celebrity yeah. buy-in, like... No one's going to your website. Like, Very true, you got to yeah. be... You know, there's a lot of components to driving e-commerce business. So we were always direct to customer we built the brand year one small tent probably like five six designs just going out on saturday sundays in boston and selling them just tees just tees that's it let's go still our bread and butter i mean so so you but you you had already had a a foundation for business knowledge right yeah i mean i studied finance um at villanova graduate degree at bc so i somewhat knew business but like honestly you don't learn it through the classroom no, though, right? absolutely not. No. Yeah. i mean you learn going out there um and i don't care what you're selling you learn supply chain you learn inventory management you learn pricing you learn sales you learn marketing you, you learn, learn f- people people yeah, yeah. and that's, yeah, that's the most important right and whatever product you're selling um whatever service you're selling it really just comes back to making those connections mm. with people um and getting them to buy into what you are creating there you go. So was Encore something that like you already had in mind before you quit corporate or like you kind of just you were just like done and kind of started? Yeah, I mean, it was always so. in my mind. I wanted to do something with music and I'm not a musician. You know, mm-hmm. I didn't have the capacity to open up the next, you know, House of Blues. Um, so really, it was just like, um, let's start a brand using the backdrop of music um, as the message. And, um, and we'll see where it goes. And, mm. You know, I connected with an old uh, fraternity brother from Villanova. He's a graphic designer. Sigma Chi. Woo! But But, yeah, we just started building design by design. You know, centered around the tagline, life is short, play it loud. And, 
And a lot of young people ask me this. It's like, well, you had this whole thing ready to go. Dude. And no, it's like it's been four years of testing, selling, hustle, mm-hmm. hustle um, finding what works, finding what doesn't, finding what your message is. Um, it, it, everything's always in a state of refinement and you know polish for yeah, sure. Absolutely. Was this your first venture with business? Or like, had you done this before, like in college or no, high school? Something? First time. I mean, really? and I never really thought a lot about entrepreneurship. You mm. know, I come from a very kind of blue collar background. Um, so for me, it was like going to college to get a job, right? And yeah. like study, and like you're paying a lot to go Stability. to college. I mean, I had a shitload of college debt when I graduated. So I had to go out and get a job, mm. you know, but I think as you get older, you know, at least in my case, I started thinking more and more as like, well, why can't I go out and like create my own path exactly. and, uh, and build a business that I really am passionate about? Um, so what's interesting, I think mostly about your hustle story, and I know it's, it's interesting to me when people just sum it up over four years, like, no, it's a day to day. He's like getting up fucking early. You know, he's probably overexerting yourself to people to make sure you really want to sell because that's your lifeline, right? Um, but you started much later. I mean, how old were you? Like thirty? Uh, probably older than that. <laughs> <laughs> but that's I won't put a number on it. That's yeah. real shit, though. Yeah. Like, not. I, I'm sure your friends and like your acquaintances were at the state in their life where they're like already like settled in, down. Right? You know, yeah. like yeah. Well, I mean, that's a hard part too. It's like when you start a business, it's going to be a three to five year runway to see if it's going to be something viable. Mm-hmm. You'll, you'll know probably in that three to five year window if you have something. Yeah, if there's something. But right. it's hard because at my age, you know, all the people that I used to associate with are, you know, senior level corporate people now. They all have great jobs, making good money. And like when you're sitting out there scrapping every dollar together, you know, trying to build something, you know, that's hard. There's an, I'm sure there's a certain sense of insecurity that comes with it too. Yeah, 100%. You're like, what am I doing some days? Like, you like, some days I'm like, yeah, that, that you know, well, is my mom the only one who cares about this? You know, um, <laughs> But, um, but for me, we always had a big social um, component to the brand from the beginning. That was important to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've supported a lot of music-related causes um, from the relaunch of music at Charlestown High School uh, to dropping guitars at South Boston, Zoomix. Uh, we've had a national partnership with Little Kids Rock Foundation. Talk your shit, young exactly. man. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so oh, yeah. I mean, I think when you have something, you know, positively social, you know, you're working with people, you know, that are looking for opportunities like that. That like gives you a little bit extra drive to get up every day Absolutely. and fight, fight through yeah. the tough times. And that's what I like about Encore. You know, like it's more than just a T-shirt brand. There's a social aspect that comes with it. You know, you give so much back to the community. You like the the scholarship, like yeah. that we saw earlier. Well, yeah, let me talk about that a little bit. Um, so we've done a lot of different things over the years, and um, just you know, when you're running a business, you want to try to keep it simple. You want to keep the message simple to your customers. And, um, and I just kind of had a thought, you know, we had a few conversations going on with people around Boston and, and one of them was with, um, the director of music at Charleston high school. And he's like, look at dude, like I get two great musicians here that are getting ready to graduate and they don't even have, you know, the capital to apply to, to audition at Berkeley. And that's something that I want to like support. Like we don't, Mm. we're not going to relaunch music in a whole district. We're not going to do like what like Converse can do. But if you can affect a couple of kids, you know, let's open a door for one kid and have him walk over there, do an audition. And where does that go in his his or her life? I don't know. You know, it could go a long way. But that's what I want to support with our brand and what we can do. So that that's interesting to me because like you're starting up and you already have like, if I'm saying right, philanthropic causes I know, yeah, right? philanthropic philanthropic that's something me. you don't see from like well, that's young a, that's businesses a, that's you a know? villanova education versus pc <laughs> <laughs> what is it is, it, is, is villanova the wildcats wildcats yeah fuck the wildcats <laughs> but who won the game this year do you guys know i don't know i didn't pay attention to, i saw everybody on ig going crazy to, to be there. honest and people are gonna get pissed i say this it's really not even a competition villanova's just been wiping pc for so long <laughs> i mean bro. they did win like a national two they won yeah. two yeah. <laughs> they're dirty bro um, but, but what's interesting is like, so mind you, I, I did the same thing almost 14, 15 months ago where I would just sell shirts, right? Same shit. It's interesting to me that part of your focus was divided in terms of helping when I felt like I was just, I had to be so selly. Mm-hmm. D- did you feel that? Like, well, Mark and I, who's my business partner, we talked about that and like, can you, you know, you walk that balance of like how much of the charity as part of the business, how much is just the design and selling as part of the business. And you have to find your kind of balance like point. Like sweet spot. Yeah. But that's so like, how'd you decide yeah. that though? It was just something I wanted to do. It was mm-hmm. really important for me to make an impact. That's like, I could have sat in corporate and made a shitload of money, like, but I wanted to go out and do something like 
impactful with my time and energy and my knowledge. Mm-hmm. How much would you say, and I know it's, it's probably hard to assess, but how much happier do you think you are now that you're hustling your own shit? I think um, it's being an entrepreneur is very up and down. I mean, the highs are super high. Dope. The lows are wow. down in the like kicking and, and, dick. And, and, I bet. Um, so it just depends. I mean, I think the most um, satisfaction I get is kind of looking back uh, on what we started as and what we kind of have grown into. Because um, the journey's long, and there's been a lot of ups and downs. Um, but um, but when you get cool things like you get a chance to meet the basis for Pearl Jam, or you get exactly. you know the basis from Dave Matthews wearing your shirt on stage, like that's pretty cool. Or you can like write a check for a kid to go apply to an audition at Berkeley. That's amazing. You I, know, I think when like, you got to write a write a, a rent check for Newberry Street every month, that's well, not cool. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that, that's just probably cheeks. <laughs> Um, and not even and not even any rent check. It's like a corner spot. Well, what is 303 Newberry Street? 303 Newberry Street. So you guys can already imagine. Yeah. And we built the place to be really comfortable, like almost like a hybrid of a, a living room slash record store. Yeah, it's very cozy. Um, very so cozy it's when you walk aesthetic, there. it's like you walk in and everything's clean and nice. There's no excess of anything. Right. And that was, you know, I think that's, you know, just the way we envisioned it being an extension of the brand. The space was the extension of the brand. And, you know, I think the fact that we can have events at night, um, you know, in certain capacities, like that is just an experience that ties with our product line. What at at what point when you're when you're like really hustling, are you like, you like, cool, I've sold X amount of shirts. People know about me. I'm a good dude. People like me. I got to sack up and like get this fat spot on Newberry. Cause that's like, that's a, some real risk yeah, taking yeah, shit. You threw yourself yeah. out there, bro. Well, <laughs> I mean, I, I set out not just to be kind of a niche weekend t-shirt brand in Boston. Like we have designs to be a nationally known company. Yeah. You want to fucking, you want to blow up. So there's always that, um, runway. It's a long runway. Um, but we were doing well enough, um, in our events. Um, I mean, we started, like I said, with a few designs and a small tent. We grew, I can't remember when you came in, but you probably saw our double tent, um, which was like a, basically a 200 square foot tent, you know, the big boy shit. Yeah. The collections had, you know, yeah, he had a bunch of items out and we, I mean, we're selling, you know, over a hundred shirts a day, like at a premium price point. I'm not selling ten dollar t shirts. Thirty five bucks. Thirty five up to forty six now. You Good know? quality shit. Nice cotton. Um, and, and there was days like we were out there, you know, learning about merchandising, how to like merchandise the collections, how to tell a story, how to simplify, and we were doing enough business on those events to say, look at, you know, what's the next leg? And like it was a big risk, you know, financially, yeah, first no. and foremost. Um, but we just decided to go for it and open the store. And we signed a six-month lease to kind of see, get a lay of the land. We'll yeah, see where it goes from there. Um, but, yeah, it's, it was a big it was a big leap. I mean, look up and down Newburgh here. There's not a lot of local brands there. It's all multinational companies that lose it's, money. It's, it's hard, know? yeah. It's marketing for them. And and also, like, it's not it's Newbury Street. It's not like it's just some cut Side in Charleston. Street, yeah, it is the, like Newbury Street is the street. It's the runway. Yeah, I mean, it seemed like the right place, you know, just in terms of the space, the location, proximity to Berkeley. Um, you know, it was like the space was just worth the gamble, in my opinion, and um, and it's been it's been good. Have, have you always been wired like big energy? Have yes, you, I'm the same way. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of a psycho. Oh yes, my guy. <laughs> well, you but you have to be. Yeah. Right. But it was so. funny when I was working in New York City. Like part of my job was really going out and entertaining clients at night, and we would go out till whatever two, three in the morning. Pause. Oh, what you, you, mean? Oh, you were, not, not chill, bro. You ever, have you ever seen uh, Mad Men? You ever uh, watch Mad? He no, was like, no, what? They just people pleasers at night type shit. So oh, it's like you, it's, you'd be I, I like, you'd saying, be yeah. like the Pete, like, yeah, yeah you, you are the accountant, you know, you, and you, when you're in sales like that, you go out as long as the client wants to go out and you do whatever they want to do. And I was really, <laughs> I got some crazy, please, I, know, I, was I was really good say. at that. So, but I'd be calling all my boys from college at like three in the morning. I got to be at work the next day at five 30. Like I probably had about 15 beers and I was like, you know, they're like, what are you doing, dude? I got a message from you at two 30 last night. Like I'm not even going to work till nine. You're going to be at work at five 30. Oh, so you really on that work hard, play hard shit. I see it so much yeah. in New York. Like, yeah. but I mean, me. part of your play was like working oh yeah that, well, that's the beautiful part of it you know well i think you know my job was really relationship building and that's part of sales as well is building that rapport relationship with with your customer um and it takes you know interaction it takes you know developing experience with them mm-hmm. was it was it weird watching these like serious corporate men unravel on a late night <laughs> uh i saw some interesting stuff yeah so 
<laughs> I'm sure like these dudes are mad pent up energy, right? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> well, it sounds, still sounds fun though. Yeah, it sounds but, fast. But I wasn't like, just like I wasn't like just going to restaurants. Like I'd fly to London for like a day and a half and take ten clients out. Jesus. I'd go to Miami for a night. I'd go out to Chicago. This you is know, fresh. Full, yeah. I'd, yeah. I mean, you probably should write a book on that. Honestly. Wait. Mm. What, what was your position? What is that called? So I was a, an equity sales trader. Sounds very Wolf of Wall Street. I know. I was it, say, it really very, was. But. Very cutthroat, I imagine, huh? Oh, yeah. It was in super intense. I mean, but that, that's like a, what a lot of, I think, kids that I went to school with, um, that's kind of the what they seek after school is they want like the, the, the high fucking, pressure yeah, the Wall bam, Street. Bam, bam, bam. Yeah. I mean, it does seem exciting. Yeah, I'm mad. sure it was. I'm sure there were times where you were loving it, you know? Yeah, I mean, it was, you're dealing with very smart, intelligent people. You're, you know, working with blocks of millions and millions of dollars you know, you're going to strip clubs meet doing, shorties yeah you're doing all that you know? so it all it's all part of the package so okay, did, wow. did, did you develop like your risk-taking nature then or i think so i mean i think you know because you to grow a brand which i think most people don't understand is like risk-taking is just part of the equation yeah, you can't be comfortable right no you it's part of the job. You have to go take risk and Can't blow bread on shit that you don't know if it's, you're going to get a return on. And right. And that yep. was like Newberg Street. I mean, that was probably the biggest, most massive risk taken to this point. But we had a lot of data to kind of back it up and try to make a smart you know, decision to do mm. that. Um, but yeah, if you're not going to put yourself out there, if you're not going to talk to people, if you're not going to like, you know, cross over and talk to people you don't associate with, like you're never going to go anywhere. There's not going to be any you know? growth. Yeah. Right. How important. So, you know, academic success aside success aside how important do you think some of the wins you have have been purely based on emotional intelligence um i don't know i don't know how emotionally intelligent i really am kind of like <laughs> well no if you if you're a personable and sociable dude you have to be right well i think you know a lot, let's a lot of people ask me if I'm a big musician. Like, I run a brand that has a backdrop of music. You yeah, know, you, you, you got, got the, the music do up on. Yeah, yeah I mean, you know. The tagline is Life is Short, Play It Loud. We have an album cover for our package. Um, but honestly, like, I'm not really that big of a musician. I played a little bit growing up, but I think, you know, what I always took from music was just listening and listening to what people were putting out there, different genres, mm -hmm. what they had to say, what their experience was. And I think there's a lot of wisdom in that. And to your point of emotional intelligence, if you're listening to people, if you're getting feedback, you know, and that was the beauty of doing all these, you know, direct selling events. Like I could hear what people were saying. I could mm -hmm. see their reaction. And like if you're kind of firsthand. Yeah. And if you have all that in your mind and you are like, all right, that's good. That's good. That's good. That sucks. You know, we got to change this. Let's modify this. Like it's all from listening. Right. Mm -hmm. And kind of getting feedback. Yeah. I think heck, do you remember when we went? I think one thing Casey said, like the first night we probably went, he was like, yo, to be honest, I'd like for you to position it this way. So when people are walking by, they're enticed by the space. Mm -hmm. And like even, and I, and this is still a dope idea. You're like, you know, what you guys could eventually do is you could set up the podcast and we could, we could shut the store down because that would is like why yeah, entice it, shit yeah, from exactly. consumers, which is like. I'm like, damn, bro. Very out the box. Smart dude, yeah, man. Know. Like, who's thinking about that? Yeah. Well, people always want to be part of something. You know, I hope they do at least. You well, know, people right? want what they can't have, too. You right. feel me? So if they see you guys doing a cool show, lights all lit up from the street, they're going to be like, what the fuck is yeah, that? Yeah, what's going like, on? That's, that's kind of cool. Who are those I guys? I know what that is. Have you seen a lot of, um, have you seen a bump in attendance because that, with what you're doing with the Encore Hour now? Um, yeah, every show is a little bit different. You know, again, it's um, some artists have really strong followings. Other artists, we need to be bringing people in. Um, you know, so we'll have anywhere from 25 to 65 people come in for an event. Um, you know, 65 gets a little bit tough just, you know, kind of logistically. Um, but yeah, I mean, our goal with that was to really just offer artists um, a space to do an authentic hour of mm -hmm. performance genius this dude is a genius you know so it's like think about like who what? else is doing that come on guys. no no one in boston it's, yeah and that's the thing it's your space is perfect for boston artists because nobody's gonna pull huge crowds right so like 50 to 65 is a great very yeah, it's right. very nice very intimate yeah and think about like most musicians are playing in bars or you know local breweries whatever and they're getting video to use for their promo kit from their friends on an iphone if we can bring them into our space i don't care if there's 15 people they're watching or 50 
put together a multi-angle high-res video for them that they can use and go out and promote Probably. their brand. Like, that's pretty powerful. Oh, yeah. guy. Okay, so what – I might cut this up as a clip, put it on the old Instagram. What do – so the largest following of this show right now, besides everyone who likes me because I'm a good dude, is uh, like rappers in the yep, city. Yep. What would they have to do to, to book an hour or reach out, facilitate something? So we have um, a link on our website, which is EncoreApparel.com. Um, top of the menu drop down it's called encore hour all you need to do is put in three pieces of information just obviously your name contact information maybe a link to you know a youtube clip or whatever and um and we will bring you in you know we, it's not super ultra like competitive i mean we have 25 shows booked over the next eight weeks or so it's um, free it's free, yeah, and we sell tickets. You can sell tickets. Look, we'll at, that. S- Look at that. Yeah. This dude's an angel. Yeah. Listen, um, he's, he's saying you can throw a free show. Yeah, and we'll split the ticket cost with you. Um, again, it's just really what we have available in the space. And our lease goes through February. We're going to see if we can extend out. Um, and you offer all equipment? Depends. You know, we can potentially, we have to work with the artist. You know, we don't have a backline set up, you know, a dedicated backline. Um, we are working more and more with an audio engineer um, who did our last show with Paper Citizen. Um, he was he's great. He's a Berkeley grad. He does that, and you know he will come in, and you know you got to kind of f- figure out the financials on that. But um, but it just depends. Most a lot of artists have their own backline yeah. equipment that they'll bring in, and it doesn't have to be anything crazy, you know. We have all the video equipment. Well, but but a rapper wouldn't need like oh, yeah, like, like instruments and you know. Yeah. So come on, guys. So kids, reach li- out. Yeah. So listen. This I've just been preaching this because I get a lot of DMs and shit like, you know, like it's tough, like being an artist in Boston, blah, blah, blah. This is how you make money. Th- go throw your own show. And he is saying you you get the space for free. No, be a good ass there's dude. no risk. Just be a beat. Just yeah, be a good and, ass yeah, dude. But don't, but don't go to my dude's store and start like destroying shit. I'm and, saying. Uh, smoking yeah. weed and all that. Yeah, we keep it clean. One hour. You know, we want it to be professional. We want it to be something that... A video comes out of it that you can use to take the next leg in your career and what you're doing. Um, okay. Heck, I've asked a million questions. I don't want to dominate over you because I know you've been eager to get back on the show and rip one out. So, <laughs> I don't know. I kind of just, you know, we've, we've talked a lot about the story, but, like, let's talk a little bit more about you and, like, you know, like, this love of music like when did it start like who are the um well i grew up in i grew up in maine so i think um my parents were kind of big hippies for all intents and purposes uh, <laughs> we listened to a lot of you know classic rock folk rock i'm also a kid of the 90s which is a very interesting era of music in for a everything lot of ways. you know yeah a lot of crossover um, of from the grunge uh grunge era of, you know pearl jam foo fighters nirvana to you know some of the great hip hop rap albums. Of oh, all so you really one of those like main teenagers, just frustrated and isolated, just yeah, like pretty much. Fuck, taking it all, just <laughs> barren and desolate, and like <laughs> right. Yeah, what was it like growing up in Maine? Like, I mean, it was small. It was small. What, what town? Like, uh, I went to Wiscasset High School, um, which was my graduating class was about ninety kids, I think. Really? Um, wow, that's kind of. I would expect it to be, you know, like a I, lot of. I grew up in a house my parents built, like oh, themselves. Wow. There you go. Um, Look at this. But um, but just think about like going to high school and having you know, Dr. Dre's The Chronic come out or you know Snoop Dogg Doggy Style or fucking um, classics. You know, yeah. Or Nirvana Teen Spirit like mm. all those things. And I think the most powerful thing in music is when you start seeing crossover, right? And you start seeing artists working together. And that's like for Boston, I feel like there's so much talent here, but it's a very kind of scattered yeah very scattered right yeah and i um, talked about that for years yeah and just like if you could bring everyone together and i think if you think about you know the grunge scene in seattle like those are all bands supporting each other yeah and like going out to shows together and building a scene like you're not gonna really go anywhere per se unless you have that power back community yeah, that casey you. you are we are are literally speaking the same language. Yeah. I, I, I've been telling, and mind you, you are, I think, compared to me, you're much more communal and philanthropic than I am, just because I'm just like, I don't know, I've been pissed lately, bro. But, <laughs> but like... Um, don't be pissed. It's early in the year. No, no. Well, things are great. I'm just always mad nowadays. I don't know, bro. I miss my shorty. <laughs> um, but that's why I've been saying, like, pe- there's a lot of artists out here just picking off each other's heads. Like, the only way it's going to move is in a wave. Because it's like, oh my God, look at Boston. It's bubbling, right? right. Strength in numbers, baby. And so Casey's doing his part, man. 
He's he's not. And we and we work with all genres. I mean, we got Caleb McCoy coming in to do a show. He's great. What, what um, genres he have? Caleb McCoy. Kind of, he's got you know kind of hip hop, gospel, and he's got a lot of different pieces going on. Oh shit! Um, okay. You know, I'd love to have um, Anton Raps come in. I know he's had a few things going on this fall. He's great. I love. He's yeah, you're getting that. So that community you're getting is the, that Boston Music Awards. Yeah. Right, community. and those are people that you know know where we are. They can find us. We're close, you know, in He's the classy. center of the city. Real um, classy. But we've also, you know, we have Ashley Jordan coming. She's a huge Grammy-nominated country artist. Like, mm. I'm not a huge country fan by any means, <laughs> but like, I can appreciate what she's doing. Absolutely. You know? is she from Boston. She's from around Boston. Yeah. Wow. Um, so, so is it is it just segmented to local acts, or it can be? Whoever well, wants, yeah. I mean, if Pearl Jam wants to come in and play, I'm, I'm down with <laughs> that. Hit his, line, hit his line. You, know. <laughs> you guys want to call Kendrick Lamar? Have him come in, and we'll do it. We'll do it. That'd be huge. Have him pull up. Have you ever thought about doing um like uh uh like meet and greets type of events? We thought about. I mean, it takes a lot. I mean, Hector, right. you used to work at Laced. Are you familiar with Laced? Laced Lace. Boston. It's uh it's kind of like a streetwear like okay. consignment store. Right? Where is it? Columbus. A, it used to be on Columbus. It's now on Mass Ave. Yeah. yeah, the um, I mean, the encore events kind of double as a meet and greet, so it's intimate. You know, the artists can you know connect mm -hmm. with their fans, and we'll bring in people that probably don't know the artist uh, as well, so they can kind of promote their work. Uh, we have reached out to various bands coming into town. You know, I mean, I think when you're, you're a touring artist, artist, um, you got a lot of you know stuff going on with your time. Yeah. We haven't had really anyone come in and sit down, but the space is always open. I mean, we will keep reaching out to people coming into town from from down around Boston. And that will probably just grow as time goes. Yeah, on. absolutely. People are aware that you're like. But think back. about like what Newberry Comics used to be. You know, um, not yeah. to like you know belittle them or anything, but like they're not really about the music anymore. I know. Right? It, well, they're it, a huge, huge corporation. Yeah. Where do they out of Brighton? They, the big offices, I think, right near New Balance. Yeah. So. Yeah, around there. But they used to be. They used to you know, host, yeah, have artists come in. Artists you know, all the time. It used to be about the shit. music. You know, selling mostly music, and now it's like you walk in there and there's like. You know, fifty percent of the space is dedicated to bobblehead dolls. I was just gonna, yeah, or like, Plush dolls. like fucking wacky yeah. message shirts and shit. Right? right. It's like, what, <laughs> what is that? Like, yeah, but but so, do you ever think like, let's say, pray to God, man, because you're a great dude. Let's say your brand is like really popping. Yeah, Have you ever thought of like how you're gonna scale and like how to still keep the authentic feel? Um, yeah, scalability is you know it's hard to kind of you know from a manufacturing perspective. Um, from a marketing perspective, there's a lot that goes into that. Um, it's such a tough bind for like, especially like well, you've uh, sold t-shirts, you know, and yeah, it's like, yeah. it's when you're producing a physical product, especially a t-shirt, you know, you have five sizes, you sell out of one, you got to kind of group together your production. So you're getting the right cost in the shirts to make your profit margins. You and, and you want to hit that unit. I'm sure you work with some printer. There's certain price yep. breaks at a certain amount of units yep. you produce and but then you know you also don't want to print 300 shirts and not know if they're going to sell and sit on inventory for two and a half years yeah. you know so that's like you know it's hard um so we have a couple different distribution models talking about scale obviously we sell online it's not a huge platform for us but we're hoping 2019 we can really build that uh, we sell through the store we do events shopify right on Sh instagram we build on shopify yeah um and um, and then we have a wholesale platform as well. So wholesale is basically, you know, a boutique, a record store, a surf shop, you know, a department store maybe um, can buy our stuff, resell it, you know. And there's a whole metric. Like like you're saying, like if Walmart like wanted to sell a shirt, yeah, store, you know, right? That'd be huge. That Walmart cosign would be huge. Well, I, I prefer. Nord I was about to say. I was about to say. I'm like, yeah. I don't know if you want to see it at Walmart. Hey, it will sell in Walmart. Yeah. <laughs> For capitalist pigs over here, you yeah. forgot. Man. That's a fact. Um, yeah, but I mean, like, let's say, like, you things like really start glowing up, right? It's like it's so founded on like being genuine and being authentic. Does that ever worry you? Like, shit, how do I do it? Because you know, in the end goal, you want your business to be successful, right. type thing. Well, what do you guys think is you know the most authentic brand that you guys follow? Ooh, that's a hard one. I'd have to go with Golden Deer Productions. So keep it <laughs> yeah. a buck, bro. Well, in the in the clothing apparel world, I mean, obviously, streetwear is like synonymous head. with authentic. Probably no bullshit. Uh, Supreme, yeah, they, they've they've stuck to their guns over the years. Right, they they could be making so much more money if they were to mass produce. But there you go. So there's your answer. You know, they've stuck to their roots. Yeah. Um, I think they only have probably six or 12, 12 stores internationally. I think. Yeah. Um, they sell bricks for four hundred bucks. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, that's the resale. Like, you, the, the people always talk about how Supreme's so expensive. The, the 
what the store actually sells you is not that bad. It's when the resellers are the ones that are fucking you. Like, but but why is it just the demand is so high? Yeah, that's because exactly. the brand the identity is so high. Everybody limited. wants it, and it's only a certain amount of items. That but they there's put no, out. but in my opinion, there's no way they could have planned for that when they they started 25 years ago. Yeah, I mean they were at the you know kind of the birth of streetwear. Um, yeah, they were, they were kind of riding you know coming yeah. along with the wave. Yeah, and aligned with like really the launch of like the hip hop culture mm-hmm. and all that and skate culture, skate culture. They had a lot of celebrity buy-in, um, but they've done a great job and they've made a conscious business decision to keep supply limited to do what they wanted to do and not sell out to a bigger company. Mm-hmm. I mean, they did have a big equity investment come in this year, um, but I don't see them you know, doing anything really differently than they have done. I think one interesting thing about also what you're talking about, and I've been noticing it recently, we are actually all very blessed in terms of both business and entertainment to live in Boston. Because, like, you feel it's like a little baby, right? Mm. It's like it's growing. Can you feel it growing? Yeah. I mean, we've doubled sales every year for four years. Exactly. Look at that. And, yeah. and, and entertainment's growing, and there's no there's no real competition if you start your own shit up right now, which right. is dope. Yeah. I mean, we don't do licensed prints. Uh, we may start working more with bands. I have this kind of other business idea um, about doing um, kind of custom work for bands. Ooh, there you go. Because I think there's... There's a big need, so I'll just throw this out there. So you go to a show. Mm-hmm. I used to go to a lot of shows. Um, you know, the artwork for most artists is really good. I would say 95% of the artwork is really mm. killer. The shirts suck, one. They print on the worst <laughs> Quality. shit. Quality. Gildan. Quality is terrible. Yeah. And B, it's like I'm usually going out after with the show, and I don't want to carry a shirt around with me. So on the other side of the coin, the artist is like lugging around shirts all over the country, you know, bringing out 100, 150 shirts. Yeah, shipping so, them. Yeah, so why don't we just be almost like, you know, the brand that works with bands. We house all their inventory. We do it properly. We make a proper T-shirt. They bring a size run with them. Do you take care of the distribution? Yeah, we'll, we'll ship them out that night. Look after at the that. Show, Look at know? that. But so what, would you tour with the band? No, I'd be I'd be in. You'd be wherever. on Newbury. I'd be in a warehouse with all the inventory. It's like Amazon, just, right? Yep, just sending you know? shit. They the band brings an iPad, five shirts. You know, they can feel them. They can see the quality. The customer puts an order in. Boom. I'm like, oh, shit. You know, Steel Gold just sold 25 shirts tonight, you know? And I don't have to I don't have to deal with it. Straight middle. Like, the artist doesn't have to deal with it. Straight middle man shit. The customer gets their shirt delivered to their house two days. Dude, Casey is you know? smart. Fuck then man. you build a whole web platform that's like, you know. Stop giving out the sauce. Yeah. Well, that's <laughs> all right. Everybody wins. Everybody yeah. wins. It's a yeah. big thing to build. I'll just tell you that. Um, it is. But, um, but then you have a website. And then you have, you know, artists from all over the country and a customer can go there and say, you know, I want to see who are the punk bands on the West coast and like do a filter and like, Oh, that's cool. Like it's almost a way for people to discover music through the artwork. Create a network through your brand. Yeah. Literally. And yeah. if we can be a part of that and really, you know, kind of do a proper product for bands. Um, I think that's something interesting to me. Okay. You're that a smart was, dude. That was, yeah, that was my and, and, and I want to make sure we get this plug off. So as I get up, and I'm, I'm going to go get the, the goodies because okay, that's yeah. part of the ploy. I'll, I'll cut you up a clip so you can like, But hey, why, why don't you just lead with a question real quick? Ooh, Sorry, careful. Oh, oh, man. Okay, so, so, like, you seem like a real creative dude. Like, how? what drove you to uh, do finance stuff? I mean, again, it was neat. I grew up pretty poor. The money, yeah. Yeah, the money, I grew up yeah. fucking super lower <laughs> middle class. Like, I had to go out, like, I didn't have anyone writing me a check to do anything. Absolutely, yeah. You so know? You have so, to go get that cheese. Right. And, you know, not that I set the world on fire, but, you know, I was smart with my money. I saved it. You know, it gave me at least a window to try to do something Absolutely. On my own. And I feel like that that route is, is the best if you don't want to stick to something for right. the rest of your life. It's not like being a lawyer or a doctor where, like, you pick that and, like, right. no, that's what the fuck you are. But you I know? meet so many creative people that are, you know, they're big musicians or great artists, but they have another job as well because mm. it's, you know, that's it, Boston. it's hard yeah. to, like, make a real income. It's hard for the American man. It is. But, um, but the Internet is a blessing. It is. That a, wasn't around when you started your nope. business. Uh, or, well, well, when you started your business. <laughs> when you had ideas. <laughs> I was going to say, dude. Like, what? <laughs> Grandpa over here. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> 68. Like, back in my day, uh, so, we were trading off a of pink but sheets. to that point as well, there's also a shitload of noise out there, right? Yeah, like, so social media, you know. A internet, lot of bullshit. Internet marketing. It's just like, there's so much noise. I think people just get numb to a lot of things online. But that's why I, I think... Boston artists in general have to understand like the fact it hasn't blown up here yet is a blessing. Yep. Like the, you know, untapped market. Yep. Totally untapped and it's growing. 
So my advice for any artist, any musician is, you know, get a high quality video of your work done. I don't care if that's done in front of three people or 50 people. Like that is going to be your marketing piece to go out to venues, to go out to labels. You know, so we work with Grooves Media. Uh, my boy Jose is the store manager at Newberry Street. Uh, it's Grooves Media on, on Instagram. Um, he is a very talented videographer that works with a very broad range of artists. Like if you can hook up with him and put that in your portfolio in some capacity, I think that is going to do wonders for you. You're kind to your employees. <laughs> I'm kind to everyone. Yeah. I know, yeah, you are. But, he, but Casey thing. is right. Um, I need the, something. The, out the, there's a kid who came up here. He's actually hilarious. Named DJ Clout. And because I've done stuff with the Middle East, he was like, dude, like, how do I get this kid there? I was like, yo, first thing you got to do is you got to go get a video because that's your reference. Yep. And if and if you get a good videographer, man, just make it look like there's five thousand people there. Yeah, you can keep keep the lens very close. Make sure there's no open space and like yeah, this is the hottest. It's DJ. all about this the angles. It's all about the angles, baby. So listen, Casey brought us gifts. Thank you, man. Gifts. <laughs> I had to bring something, right? You're the man. But um, wait, but but note the packaging because this is something that's very unique to his brand. This is pretty as fuck. Look so at this. we pack at all this. our t-shirts in custom record sleeves. Fresh. Um, Come I don't on. think anyone else out there is doing it. I've had thousands of people tell me like that's really unique and very genius. Um, really, <laughs> it really is, dude. I mean, it is, dude. I mean, it really came from out of frustration too. I mean, the first year we talked about building a business. The first year, twelve months, eighteen months, you know, I couldn't get anyone to respond to an email, to a phone call, and they're like, I'm semi professional guy. Like, I can write an email. Oh, yeah. um, but people were like, "Who's this dude, Casey from Encore? I've never heard of that." Like delete mm -hmm. so i was sitting there like one night drinking a bunch of beers you had on my vinyl next to me folding t-shirts you're bawling your eyes out yeah i was just like, <laughs> was just like what the frustrated and um then it clicked and, yeah and then i was just like well i think a shirt folded perfectly it would fit inside a cover well why don't we try that um so i called a record company we had a bunch made and um started sending them out to people Dude, like we got an 85, 90% response rate. Look at that. Bam. We got on to Chronicle. I sent one to Fenway Park. David Ortiz was wearing our Boston shirt. Bam. Big puppy. Um, yeah, it was insane. Like how many shirts does that guy get over the course of a yeah, season? Yeah, I can imagine, dude. And he was wearing it. He was wearing our shirt in a big promo video. Wow. Yeah. Um, then and we just had some. This shit is genius, man. Yeah. That, it's yeah, a great yeah. pack. Come on. This is like, genius so then shit. We, um, then we started having a few left over. Customers were like, well, that's really cool. I can buy a gift for someone or I can put that in my studio. I can put that in my creative space, my office. Like, I want that. No. Ooh, so I don't. Ooh, look I, at and, these. And I, I can I can cut this too if you want me to. But you say a brand built by two friends. Yeah. So Mark is my business partner. Oh, Mark. Yeah. So Mark. I went to college and I mentioned him earlier. Um, he's the graphic design side of the business. Um, but we started together. Word. Shout out to Mark. Yeah. It's, it's good to have partners as well. It's good to... You know, have different perspectives. Mark's and Mark and I skill set is very different. Mark's the art side, you're the business side. Right. Uh, I do all design, idea, I'm strategy. Just show the camera. Keep going. Yeah. Um, but you got to find people that have complementary skills. Absolutely. Yeah. If you get five people in the same room with all the same skills, like that's very limiting. Yeah. You want it, and, and also this. These are like beautiful, beautiful cotton. The this cotton is, 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 a, is a tri blend, oh, right? Pristine. Tri blend is the way to go. Yeah, we don't fuck around with our, with our shirts. We make them nice. It's, it's delicious. That, yeah, it's got that mm. feel like you've had this shirt for five years. Buttery. Right out of the box. It's super nice around your biceps if yeah. you're trying to look yoked. You know also, Casey, cool. a big dude, bro. You been in the gym? No, never. Don't lie to us. Stop it. Dude, I got two kids and I run a business. I'm never in the gym. Oh, yeah. No, oh, that's his I gym. I used to be you know, in the gym. Picking up the children. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, does this, what does this shirt say? I got these shirts for you guys just because, you know, I oh, really... My fault. <laughs> my fault. Yeah. I really appreciate and, like, respect what you guys are building here with Golden Deer. Um, and I think you guys have the right mindset in terms of drive, commitment. It says, lack of passion is fatal. Fatal. Encore Apparel Co. Life is short. Play it loud. Yeah. So, again... Lack of passion is fatal. If you're not committed to what you're doing, your craft, your art, like you're not going to go anywhere. It's going to be you. And it feels dope. No yeah. bullshit. And you're going to be driving the boat. Like whatever you do, you are the one driving the boat. I you think I think one thing I – have you ever had um feel, fear of mortality? Yes, I will say. I'm very cognizant of time and mortality, yes. That was my big shit like, I don't know, like 13 months ago. I was like, wow, like you're going to die like – Imagine when we're all 70, 
sorry to get so grim. I said it. I said it on another episode recently. But you're gonna die well, like nine na- in the morning. But I know. But it, <laughs> but but imagine looking back and be like, yo, fuck, I did not utilize that time when I was smart and I was able bodied and I was well and like I had all the ideas. Yep, dude, that is like so on point with what's mm-hmm. in my mind. It's been in my mind for like six years. Um, cause again, you know, a thing says life is yep. short, play it loud. You don't want to leave again, any, any regret. You know? Right. No regrets. You know, go out there. If you have ideas, you got to do them. There's a window to do things in life. And if you don't take advantage of it, you're going to regret it. And, 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 and he is saying this, he started this when he had two kids. Two kids, yeah. That's like a tough time to sack up. Oh my god! Yeah. Like I wish I was like young my, dudes like yeah. you guys. I could be sleeping on this couch, you know, yeah, you know, right. building the business. Um, but yeah, but you you roll with your circumstance. Like that's it. Like you know, and again, you know, time is fleeting. You can always spend money, lose money, make it back in some capacities, but you're never going to get your time back. Absolutely. You know what I heard? I forget where I saw this, but someone this shit stuck with me. Someone said money is stored energy. That's all it is. Yep. Would you agree? I would agree. It's just like someone exerted themselves to to be rewarded for it, and now it's sitting in an account and it's just stored. Yeah. I mean, money is to make things happen, in my opinion. You know, I don't need to have five cars. I don't need to know like I have three houses around the world. Like I don't care. Like you know, I'd rather just you know, you want to be comfortable in some ways, and like you want to be yeah. able to live your life and pay your rent, your mortgage, whatever. But money is to do things and make an impact. You know, think of how many people have fucking lived in this world. Billions and billions of people. We're all going to die. You know, I don't know if it's tomorrow. I don't know if it's 30 years from now. Real like, shit. you know, go out. You want to do something with that You want to do something, you know? And the, and and, the and don't, It doesn't have to be to be famous. Like, go make the world a little bit better. Go impact someone's life. Like, go. Or put yourself in a position to, like, if you feel like, you know, I don't want to overexert myself. Just put yourself in a position where every day you're not, you don't feel like you're wasting your time. Right. And I think you Big look thing. around at a lot of people, especially as you get older, they're trapped in a job, you know, that they don't really like. They have to make the money to, like, fund, like, their lifestyle. Um, and they're not happy, you know. Happiness is, like, what you should aim for. Yeah. Are, are you more productive now Now that you're operating your own thing? Uh, I, I'm working on that. Yeah. I, I have a tendency to do not be that organized, to be kind of all over the place, to be... As most entrepreneurs are. Quote, unquote, a working class dreamer, you know. Um, it's a work in progress. Yeah. You know? yeah you, but, um, but that's one of my goals for this year is to really be, you know, much more focused, structured, um, and just... I think <laughs> Good it, luck, dude. I think. <laughs> Uh, yeah, my wife's like, dude, you're a fucking hot mess. You got to get it together. Well, yeah, but I think sometimes if you if big ADHD and you're like your mind's totally divided, I think sometimes you're just like, all right, you know, I will never be organized. Do you ever feel that way? Sometimes, like it's just not gonna happen. Yeah, so maybe, just yeah, do my thing. Sometimes it's that way, dude. You just gotta be fucking. I mean, hey. I mean, heck, I think of how many episodes I've run here. Before you got here, we had a total audio mess. We didn't even know how to get this. is a tuning <laughs> mic. Like, holy shit. Yeah, I don't know. This is what, episode almost 40? <laughs> I know. You guys are, like, ripping still. them out. There's uh, a... <laughs> this will... This... What's today? Saturday. This is going to drop on next Thursday. Yep. I'll send you clips and okay, stuff. Okay, yeah. So but, what is your guys' plan, you know, kind of moving forward with this? I mean, it's been uh, great. You is, guys... Yeah. Well, Hector and I don't run every episode together anymore. Thanks for bringing it up, Dave. Yeah, you, <laughs> you guys had a nasty breakup around Christmas. You didn't get to the present you wanted. No, that was that wasn't it. What happened was Hector. And to be honest, like it was, I think probably one of the toughest things I've ever done. I was just like, bro, yeah, like I just bad. operate. I know for you, but for me, that shit was hard as fuck. I was just like, dude, like you know how like I operate, just like, and and no bullshit. Yeah. We're- as he, oh, have you guys talked about this on on air before? No, yeah, this, this is the first time we're addressing it. Thanks, dude. <laughs> <laughs> but but I was just like, bro, like like I got the sauce. I just gotta go do it. And like, no bullshit. I was like, I wish you were a dick. I wish you were like, bro, fuck you, because he was so good about it. Like he was like, dude, like I understand, man. Like we've been friends for years. This isn't gonna like hurt us at yeah. all. Like you gotta go do your thing. I was like. You fucking serious, bro? <laughs> but yeah, but Hector is starting his own show. Come on, eventually. Well, it's gonna it's gonna happen, kids. Just you know, keep your eyes open. I'm, I'm gonna let y'all know when it's coming out. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying. I've been getting a bunch of people hitting me up for like they want to do segments on like political issues and like shit like that. And so Hector, I think Hector. Now that I'm putting it out there, you kind of have to oh, do it before someone Jesus steals it. Fuck. But but Heck Actually, is gonna start. Is it politically based? Yes, this is gonna be a politically based show and vlog, but neutral, right? You're yes, just you're just entertaining a, conversation. Yep. Yeah. I'm not. 
I'm, this well, is not going to be a lefty in, thing or righty thing. Right. This I think is when just you gonna get be... into politics, it's very divisive. And I think if you to- ask me what the biggest issue facing this Business. country, society right now is just like the level of extremism, both sides, it's ridiculous. The, the level of divisiveness, oh. like, you know, at some point, you know, people have to understand that, you know, I get you have your viewpoints, but there's got to be sacrifice on both yeah. sides. Like, Tribalism is at, at its finest yeah. right now. It's, and it's just like, you don't get anywhere. You just the polarity, like, like, yeah, sucks. But yeah, the thing is, there's, there's, no there's people like us who, who could just at least talk. Like, and, and another thing I think people, it's just like you talk about your political opinion nowadays and people will take it right to the character of the person. Yep. Right. Which is like, that's not really how it works. It's not. It's the furthest. You can't just, yeah, you can't fucking block people like that, you know? Like, there's so much more to a person than and just, just a political opinion. you see it on social opinion. media, too. You see these people that hide behind their keyboards and their screens. And oh, just those like are the worst. Throw out, like, the biggest fucking bullshit those comments and, like, you know, takedowns of people. I'm like, dude, fuck you, right? I know, this like, whole canceling people thing is getting ridiculous. I think one, pe- one thing people also don't get is it's terrible for business. Right, you, I mean, yeah, you just totally avoid it, right? In terms of being political, just like even touching on anything political. We have, you know, in the past said certain things, and I have my own viewpoints on things, you know. But again, um, my thing is like, just it's got to be, you know, a sacrifice on both sides. And I, I kind of made oh, a, yeah. a couple posts about this, you know, during election day. Um, it's about being united. Like you need a united, you know, country. Yep. Um, and again, it takes sacrifice. It mm-hmm. takes people like not being so self-involved and like, I deserve this. I deserve that. I need to get everything. It's like you have to like find a middle ground. Yeah. I mean, I just don't. Right now, there's no, there's never a positive outcome though. No. no Look it, at, it's, 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 it's a war, you know. It's a war of ideas. It's my side beating your side. But, and, yeah. What do you think for your show? Sorry, I know this is your episode, no, but okay. what do you think? What do you think would be the most prevalent opinion and issue you could bring up to help our demographic as like twenty to twenty-five year olds that people actually care about? Because kids our age do not care, unless you're a real psycho. <laughs> That's a good fucking question. I'm gonna have to come back to you. As soon as to develop the show, I think I would say young people want opportunity, right? You know, I it's think college debt. Yeah, college debt's huge. I mean, and I see it, you know, in the world that I live in, with young people walk in my store and they're like, "Dude, this is fucking awesome," you know, but it, they have no money because mm-hmm. they're a living in Boston, b they're so saddled with, you know, school loan debt. You know, that's a major issue for yeah. this generation, younger generation. Not that I didn't graduate with a lot of debt, uh, worked hard to pay it off, but, like, it's not like it is today. Like, if I were to go to Villanova right now, like, that's, like, 68 grand a year. It's yeah. ridiculous. I couldn't go. I couldn't do that. The Big East, the Catholic schools are getting out of hand. They're getting ridiculous. I mean, it, it, when we, what, 2014, it was 60. Fucking I'm going to be honest. I have been blessed that my parents <laughs> took <laughs> like most of it, and I got aid, and I got other certain packages. I had no clue, and I feel so entitled. I had no clue college loans were such a big deal because I never had to deal with it. And I'm, now I'm like, wow. I had the same experience. My experience was a little bit different, but a lot of my friends leave, and they have $100,000 yeah. to play. It's fucking ridiculous. That is a shitload of money to pay back. It's fucking ridiculous. Es- especially when you're at an entry-level position yes. and you're just starting to pay rent. Right. Like, dude, what? And that's $100,000 that's going to accumulate over years through interest. So, And, and it's like... The business model doesn't make sense because in our society, societally, they're they're encouraging people to go to school to be a functioning member. Oh, the business model makes sense if you're, if not, you're in school. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If you're on the other side. But but it's the minority. The school is the minority, right? <laughs> yeah. It's just, it makes no sense. Can you talk about the, the opportunity that entrepreneurs have right now with the internet too? Yeah. I mean, I, well, I think a lot of you know, young people look at the cost of going to college and say, look at, you know, there's a potential for me to make a living, you know, building out a YouTube channel or being like an influencer on Instagram or starting a product, you know, that I can sell and make money. Um, Again, I think that's really hard too. I think, you know, um, you know, it's tough to build a business. It's tough to like start from scratch, especially if you're, you know, 18 19 years old and you don't have any capital behind you or necessary skills yeah and guidance right so i mean i think there is still value in higher education getting that degree and whether you go to bunker hill and like do two years there save you know twenty five thousand dollars and then transfer to umass boston or transfer to another four-year school and and 
there's value in, in that still. Again, like you have to like kind of weigh how much it's going to cost you and the time to pay that back. But um, but I think going out and going to school, you'll meet different people. You'll have different experiences. Yep. I feel like that's the biggest plus of it. You, know, right. you get such a, 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 a fucking stream of different ideas and, and different school. People, you know, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's not yeah. what you, I mean, it is what you study there, but it's also it's the people, people you you're going to meet. Exactly. That's yeah. literally, yeah. I feel like that's what I took away the most, like out of school, you know, just oh, all yeah, the people that sure. I met, all the different ideas that, you know. Absolutely. It, it, it helps you and, grow it, as a person. And a college campus is a great, actually is a great place to just try shit yep. yeah like because everyone's yeah, in everyone. heat going yeah. through it like people are drunk <laughs> <laughs> doing drugs crazy stuff oh yeah playing Fortnite for 24 hours straight no. yeah, Fortnite was crazy it got yeah, big crazy that shit got crazy um what was your video game coming up, huh? Oh, I was never a huge video oh, game player, on, but we played a lot of uh, we played a lot of Madden FIFA in college. Um, yeah. That was like PlayStation. I want to say was kind of he, he's not he's not giving the year. I'm not giving <laughs> the year. You know that. the PlayStation model. Um, <laughs> Ronaldinho was on the front. <laughs> Pele was on the on the Pele, front. Yeah. Um, but I remember like we would have like seasons, you know, with like all the guys in the dorm and, you know, I'm actually real tight with a lot of guys from college. So even like I graduated a while ago, but I was in a fraternity. Uh, we still do a huge fantasy baseball draft like every go. year, like 20 guys get together once a year. Um, so I think, again, you get that from college. You get that from making those connections. What, what and I don't want you to incriminate yourself, but mm. is, <laughs> is the society around hazing, is it more sensitive now or is hazing just much worse? No, I think society as a whole is so much more sensitive now. Hazing just part of the bond, right? Yeah. I mean, you again, it's all about balance. Yeah, and like, like it can't get right? out of hand. I'm right. guessing from time to time, but it's, yeah, it's. I mean, we. I mean, I see a lot of stupid fraternities out there that do stupid shit. Like, and they're like, "How you're supposed to be an intelligent person? Like, yeah. how do you think that's a good idea? <laughs> making someone drink a whole bottle of fucking Everclear? Like, that's retarded." Right. That's yeah. That lock him in a cage. No, I I knew I knew a dude who there was a fraternity, and what they did is they threw tons of light bulbs in a basement and coated it. They blindfolded everybody, and they said, "Hey, there's a bottle in this basement. You're gonna go down there, walk barefoot, and it's very thin glass. Go find the bottle and and chug it blindfold. Like that is torture. That is murder. You're literally thinning out their blood with the alcohol, and you're fucking cutting their feet open. What is it? What was it like for you? Were, you, were people like spanking you with like paddles and shit? I mean, there was certain things that happened, but like we never, I never felt like I was in a dangerous situation and I never put a pledge in a dangerous situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, were you I, in a smart frat or like the, yeah, were you smart? Uh, all right, cool. There you go. So you what guys was it with like, Phi Sig? Phi Sigma Kappa, yeah. <laughs> oh, ooh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we didn't have Greek life in Providence, but no, we, we didn't need that, but we didn't need to. That's right. We kind of were. We, wild, our, our freshman dorm, our floor is called the barn, yeah. actually. Okay. Our so RA nicknamed it that. Because it was atrocious yeah <laughs> oh yeah i can't wait till like you know a couple of years go by and we can you know we'll talk about it yeah. without yeah. incriminating <laughs> ourselves um, our sophomore year was bad too what did you live off campus junior senior uh yes junior senior off campus so but i just think go. that experience of picking up and moving 500 miles away from home like I got more out of that than almost anything yeah, else. Yeah, you had to get out of Maine, bro. Yeah. I couldn't imagine you going back. Would you ever? <laughs> I appreciate it more and more the older I get, you know, and I think um, just having lived in New York City, have been in Philadelphia, have lived in Vermont, you know, been in Boston, obviously, like, I appreciate it, and I can kind of see more why my parents decided to go there. You know, they were Massachusetts people. They decided to go up there, like, Fucking almost like going out to like the wild, wild yeah, west. Yeah, literally just mm-hmm. going out there in the yeah. fucking boonies, man. But there's something to be said for a simple life too. I mean, I think a lot of you know issues with society, yeah. like things are so complicated, like social media, like you know YouTube, like what do people think about me, and like oh my god, like student loan debt, like things are so complicated. Like yeah. you have to that's have a, a yeah. simple life. Do you really think that's social media, or do you think it's just social media is just highlighting how insecure people are? I think it's highlighting how insecure people are sometimes yeah that's kind of what i think yeah yeah it's not like it's there's no morality there's no no morality in the app it's how you interact with the app if i say had said some of the things that i see on social media somebody like in a bar like i would have been fucking knocked out like you know it's like people can just sit there in their room and be like eh. it's easy it's convenient 
but it's also dope for business. Yeah, yeah it is. It's I good. Mean, the good and the bad. Yeah. There's, there's always a yin and a yang. Well, there's no podcast without social media, man. That's a fact. Well, I think that's what I was trying to say about like the state of entrepreneurship is that like anybody can start now. Yeah, it is. There's, I, I, no, there's, there's nothing holding you back. Barrier of entry again, right? and, yeah. And this and this isn't even like a an age thing again, but like when you were our age, I doubt you you could have started the business the way you do now, right? When did it start? 2013, 14? 2013, yeah. Word. Damn, you're year six, man. You made it. Look at Five, that. Yeah, we're getting there. Throwing a big party for um, you, ton. But that's what like guys like Gary Vee talk about and David oh, yeah. John. You know, it's like, you know. Connor loves Gary Vee. I fucking love Gary Vee. <laughs> I can see that. <laughs> the internet is a weapon. <laughs> he's, uh, he, uh, yeah, I'm. he's a genius, though. Yeah, he puts out a lot of content out. Because he said they're going to tax it eventually. That's what he's saying. Yeah. Dude, what? Yeah. They're going to tax every post you put out? Saying Instagram is going to start taxing. Oh, God. That would suck for everyone involved. Uh, yeah. I see it happening, dude. Yeah, I don't know. There's a Let's lot hope of, not. There's a lot of issues with government revenues and where they're going to fund infrastructure, rebuild, and all that. So um, Here, this is... I want to make sure you get your plug off in terms of where they can follow you, find you. Yep. So you can check us out. We post mostly on Instagram, uh, Encore Apparel Co. Uh, just look for this little Skull Note logo. That's our logo. At Encore Apparel Co. Yep, on Instagram, uh, Facebook, Encore Apparel Company. Uh, you want to check out our website, www.EncoreApparel.com. Clean, clean website, by the way. Clean. Yeah, we got sweet. a video on there. Um, we drop product probably every quarter or so. Every three months, we'll bring out new product, new designs. Uh, we're doing a lot with the logo, um, and the charity side is really going to be a big focus for us this year. Um, we la- launched uh, a fund um, actually yesterday where a dollar from every single item we sell goes into a fund, which we can allocate grants, small grants out to musicians, artists to do different things, whether that's applying for an audition at Berkeley, you know, whether that's you know getting an instrument to kind of hone their craft. Like We want to be able to just do very nimble, small grants. Um, so a dollar from every sale of our items will go into that fund. Um, I forgot my plug. We are at Phoenix Down Recording. <laughs> this is the most lucrative studio in Boston, not for the business owner, but for the consumer, because you come in here with a terrible product. Absolutely disgusting. You suck, dude. And then after you get your shit mixed here, you leave and dude, you got a hit on your hands. But Look if you that. but if you come with a good product, oh, bro, you, you're leaving you're on the charts. Numbers. You're gonna you're leave on numbers, the charts, baby. Ass. You're doing numbers. Um Okay, so you did that. You also, but you did not say where your store is. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Um, if you want to check us out in person, you want to meet me. You want to meet uh, Jose from Gru's Media, who's the store manager. What, what, we, what was the young lady's name? Uh, works Alex there? works on Fridays. Um, so we may have some other uh, young people starting as well. We'll see. Um, but three hundred three Newberry Street. It's on the corner of Newberry and Hereford. Again, just look for the skull notes. They are all over the windows. Clean, very clean store. And so, what on Corporal's like? What up, bro? Um, Encore Apparel is like, what? I mean, Encore Hours, uh, like, you have to so go buy go, tickets online or in yep, person? Yep, you can buy them at the door. You can buy them online. Uh, we have a drop-down on the menu called Encore Hour where you can purchase tickets. Um, we usually promote them on Instagram as well in terms of a ticket link. Um, but, yeah, if you see an event, just show up that night. Like, we sell tickets at the door. Pull up, bring your girl, and, get you a nice and coffee. I have not you know? been one yet. I, I do plan on coming. Yeah. Heck, you want to come with me? Yeah, sounds good. Bring the boys back together. <laughs> but but <laughs> there's an eclectic mix of kids that I could think would, could pull out 60 kids that I'll tell you about yeah, afterwards cool. for sure. Okay, so you probably, I doubt you remember. Oh, also, one thing I didn't note is you know that when after we had left, all the episodes we recorded in your space, mm-hmm. what are, you, are you hearing shit? No, I'm just looking. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. sorry. Well, I heard a scream somewhere. <laughs> but um, after we recorded, our hard drive actually broke. Okay. So we had like five episodes. We only were able to release the one with Zandros. Oh, boy. So I'm sorry about... We couldn't um, re... Oh, it was like... It was going to be 4700 Arm and a fucking leg. What? Yeah. Oh, look, Avoidy's calling us. We're, we're going to let that one run. Avoidy... <laughs> Well, How could it be forty seven hundred dollars to like save be, data? Because it's such a special. No, no, it's not to save; it's to recover. Right. So, so if the disc scratches, you have to like. I don't understand the process works. I just know it's such a specialized trade. It's a hard drive like this. It was bigger. It was bigger. It was a. Yeah. And, and what happens drive. is if it tips, it, there's a. Yeah. So just scratch, scratch, scratch. Oops. Yeah, that was. That sucks. Um, dark times back then. Dark times, <laughs> but you know, we but, rose above. 
yeah, but I thank you again for always letting us yeah, in the space. No, yeah, hell yeah. Blessed. That was, you were a blessing. And, and this show would not be where it is without the opportunity. Here, no so bullshit. Appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. So when I saw you guys did awesome, and you know, that's why we're still talking. So We're good guys. Well, we're all good guys over here. He's yeah. a better guy, though. <laughs> um, okay, so Hector, why don't you do it? Because you, you remember how to start in the show. Yeah. All right. So you know how we started in, right? So, yeah, you, know, it's, uh, you know, my name is so-and-so, and this is my golden hour. Yep. And then my name is so-and-so, and that was my golden hour. But directly after no break. Yep. Oh, he's confused. <laughs> I am so confused. Deer, so, I'm like a golden deer in headlights right now. Oh, so, look at that. Whoa. So it's, hi, my name is X. I don't know your name. Yeah. You're going to have to say yourself. Cool. Um, and this is my golden hour. And directly after no break, hi, my name is whatever your name is. This was my golden hour. And that was because we're gonna cut it so you okay. put the this right. is at the beginning as well so whenever you're ready put your sauce on this how everyone's gonna remember you Camera i can't tell you man whatever you want to do <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go for it, yeah go ahead bro right. my name is casey i'm the co-founder of encore apparel this is my golden hour you're a good guy you're a good guy my name is casey i'm the co-founder of encore apparel find him at 303 newberry street bang 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 303 newberry street best shop in boston oh this was my golden hour. That was perfectly executed. Thanks for yeah, watching, man. kids. That was awesome, man. Thank you.